So here's the most important question that people ask. And, you know, all of us, including me, for us, the 10K followers is the biggest milestone. But what is important when it comes to Instagram, Masum? Is it, does quantity really matter? Are we chasing the wrong numbers? What's your take on this? So, you know, Savita, I think it really depends on what your end goal is. Um, what are you looking to achieve from Instagram? And this is a very integral question you should ask yourself before you dive into this crazy world of social media. I said, you know, what am I hoping to achieve from it? Because if you're, if you're truly not hoping to achieve anything professional, then if you're not hoping to build a community, then quantity should not matter. Then right. you should be creating content that's for yourself, something that inspires you, that inspires your personal circle. Um, versus if you're looking to create impact on uh, a social issue that you feel very deeply about mm-hmm. and you want to reach uh, as many voices, as many years as you can, mm-hmm. then quantity will matter to you. If you're looking at Instagram as a means to uh, your daily income, then quantity is going to matter to you because your quantity is going to be a direct um, reference point for how many brand collaborations and partnerships you might get. Oh, okay. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. On this note, Masum, welcome to the Success with Savita podcast. Hello and welcome to the Success with Savita podcast, where we share hot tips on how to do life and business without losing your mind. I'm your host, Savita Nanjapa, entrepreneur, high-achieving 9-to-5-er turned transformational success coach, helping you create a wildly successful business. Come hang out with me and other fabulous humans like you every week for stories and chats packed with a healthy dose of tips, resources, how-tos and real talk. Side effects may include a happier and more confident you with each passing day. Welcome to the first episode of the Success with Savita podcast and to my first guest, the very special Masum Minawala. Masum is a massive luxury fashion influencer. I call her my lucky charm. And today we are going to be talking about how to grow your following on the gram. But before we get started, I want to share a little bit about Masum. Masum pioneered the Indian blogging industry in 2010 and went on to represent India globally as an influencer and digital entrepreneur after moving to Europe in 2018. In 2014, she launched one of India's first fashion e-commerce portals called Style Fiesta. As a content creator, she has worked with over 100 plus brands, including Louis Vuitton, Dior and Bulgari. She's been featured on numerous publications such as Vogue, Cosmopolitan and Social Samosa. She's had the privilege of representing India at the Khan Film Festival Red Carpet in 2019. She's also given a TEDx talk and won numerous awards, including CNN 20 Under 40 and the Cosmopolitan Best Luxury Blogger Award. She continues to represent India at fashion weeks, shows, events all over the world with over 18 million impressions across social media platforms and numerous viral content pieces in the fashion, beauty and lifestyle categories. But most of all, to me, Masum is all about community. She values her audience and she really stays close to her community, stays connected with her community. And she is the right person to talk to us about growing on the gram with close to 1 million in following. Follow along as we discuss how to grow your following on the gram. 
Masum, I am so happy to have you here as my first guest. You know, before we started this, I was sharing with you that I did not want to launch my podcast without having you as my first guest, having you on my first episode. And I hope that magic dust that you bring rubs off on this podcast and makes it a success. Uh, so thank you for making the time to be here today. And uh, welcome to the show. Of course, Avita. It's all my pleasure. I'm looking forward to speaking with you. Yeah. So let's get started with, I know everybody knows about you and who you are and your uh, life because it's it's there on Instagram. But uh, I think a lot of people don't know is you started as a blogger in them days when blogging was really not a thing. So tell us a little bit about your journey from blogging and then foraying and becoming a full-time massive luxury fashion influencer here on Instagram. Okay, so I'm going to make this as concise as I can. I started a blog on an absolute whim as a hobby 10 years ago. And um, I was doing an internship at French National Casual Client, and that's when I was introduced to the world of bloggers. Uh, This is is, um, 2011. This is a pre-Instagram, pre-Facebook era. Yeah. And I absolutely, uh, I mean, Facebook was there, but Facebook pages didn't exist. So you only had your personal profile mm-hmm. really on Facebook. And I just started my blog on this thing called uh, Blogspot, which is kind of the uh, predecessor to WordPress. Right. And it was a website where I would take photos, post photos of myself, just style stuff from my wardrobe, borrow stuff from my friends, my family styled our clothes, uh, convince people, convince my family or anyone I would find around me to take photos of me and I would just post it on my blog. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started promoting this blog through my personal Facebook profile. So I would kind of attract my entire personal circle into coming onto uh, my blog link. And mm-hmm. it was crazy. And this is at a time when blogging was an absolutely new phenomenon globally. Mm-hmm. And in India, it was brand new. I think Apart yeah. from me, there were three or four fashion bloggers and then there was Amita Bachchan who had his own blog. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I like the comparison. <laughs> yeah, that, which is that, that was truly, that was pretty much about it, right? Yeah. Um, and then, I, but I was just doing it as a hobby. I was a student, I was just figuring life out. But I really, really, really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, month and month, my blog started growing because it was a very interesting concept and it was very unique. Mm-hmm. And I think people loved it. Like people felt like an instant kind of attraction to it, which was um, really, really amazing to be at the receiving end of that. Right. Couple of years down the line, uh, then I went abroad to study. I was doing other internships. I just continued blogging as a passion and as a hobby. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there came a point, I was about 21 and I was like, you know, it's been about a couple of years that I'm blogging now. But I don't see this um, really um being able to match up to the kind of monetary goals that I had mm-hmm. uh you know I I needed a I, I wanted a job or a business that would uh, that would be aligned with what I was hoping uh to achieve monetarily and mm-hmm. at that time obviously blogging wasn't very commercial there was still such few players uh, brands had started to associate with me and huge brands actually but all they would do is say gift me something or uh, you know there wasn't really a conversation about any monetary exchange right. so I said you know but I have this incredible um, audience set already through my blog mm-hmm. and I'm really really passionate about fashion 
So why don't I take this audience and convert them from readers into customers? Right. Um, and I decided to launch my own e-commerce label at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I launched soon and it was one of the first uh, few e-commerce companies in the country. Definitely one of the first few that was launched by a woman. I can tell you that. Okay. This is about... Um, I mean, this is pre-Amazon era, right? So you, right. you can imagine how nascent this is. Cash yeah. on delivery was was an option that actually arised a couple of months after I started my business. Okay. So uh, it was really, really back, back in the day. Mm-hmm. And it was an incredible journey. Um, I worked on my e-commerce startup and then I, I, was, I was selling really unique fashion items, accessories, uh, clothing. And I would use my blog as my marketing channel. Mm-hmm. to attract my customers right so it was, it was a very interesting business model but it was also a very unique business model if I might say so yeah I'm sure because at that um and it was blogs. it was really interesting yeah 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 so I, I I never did stop blogging really and um I worked on it I worked very hard I launched my um I even raised a round of funding mm. uh we launched our own app it was it was an interesting journey but I think I wasn't able to really scale it at the level that I was hoping for. I had a lot of, um, I had a lot of, um, um, how do I say it? Like uh, roadblocks in the operations and logistics segment. Right. And somewhere in 2017, I decided to go back to full-time blogging. So I put my e-commerce company on auto run for a bit. Mm-hmm. I returned to blogging full time because I saw a massive um, potential in that yeah. market all over again. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I'd already captured the market. So I had the first move as advantage. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I was in a place where I could actually use that as my competitive advantage and, and, and you know, actually use it to my commercial advantage. Uh, so from, from there, you then, uh, was it the same time that you started your Instagram as well? So I started my Instagram somewhere in the midst of my e-commerce uh, okay. business. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but that's the thing. I think I've had this, you know, crazy love for content creation and the business behind mm-hmm. all of it mm-hmm. uh, that I never really stopped doing it, right? So in 2017, when I turned to blogging full time, it was kind of like that feeling was kind of like coming back home. Right. Uh, you know, it, it, it just felt, it just felt right. Uh, everything flowed to me in a way where this is where I was meant to be. Like things had never been so easy. Things had never been so amazing that they didn't flow to me this easily before. And I just knew I was in the right place. And then ever since then, um, so it's been five years now that I've been blogging full time and it's been such an amazing journey. It's been, it's been such a brilliant learning curve. I've met so many incredible people and I've been able to build a really, really strong and intelligent community online, which I think is the most important part. Right. I, I can see your very high level of community engagement for sure. Uh, so my next question actually would be around your, uh, I call it, uh, was it like the proverbial glass ceiling, your trip to Khan? Uh, tell me about that experience. Oh, it was amazing. Um, you know, I think, I think just, being in that mm-hmm. crowd of people and being one of the few Indians there right. is, is, I think that is the feeling that it felt like triumph. Mm. Uh, you know, it just, it felt like I was winning and I was not winning for myself. Right. I was winning for each person that follows me. I was winning for my country. I was, 
um you know it was it was a moment that i felt utmost pride because i was really standing for something that went beyond myself um so it, it was lovely yeah i can imagine and i feel like from that moment on um do you feel like you've ever looked back um you know from the moment i actually started blogging full time mm-hmm. i've never looked back mm-hmm. um you know sometimes when you're in the rhythm of things and when you're when you're really answering your heart's calling mm-hmm. in every way and i think that the journey to actually finding that is what's very difficult yeah. but once you get there yeah. there is something within you around you that just says you know yes you're you're finally here Mm-hmm. you know you've done everything you have to do to get here which is has probably been hard yeah. but once you're here you just have to go with the flow and um you know you just need to have faith yeah. and everything will fall into place so i i for me can was definitely a a moment of pride yeah and a moment of triumph for me and for the fact that i was actually representing my country but it it, it wasn't a moment that changed anything for me Mm okay I hear what you're saying so now when you look back um being this massive luxury fashion influencer that you are today how would you describe your brand and what it stands for so i think the core ethos of my brand is to be able to take indian fashion to the world mm. um and i love that i've been blessed with a platform and a channel to be able to do that and of course the only reason i'm able to do that is because the connection that i have with my community yeah. um and i call them my community because they're not just readers right there's uh, as much as i could be creating content or talking to them about something it's it's never effective if it's not a conversation right. it's never effective if if it's not two ways or two sided so uh, in the last 2 3 years as this massive growth has happened um and on the global like you are a global player right now what are some of the key challenges that you have faced and how did you overcome it what are one or two that come to mind so i think the first and foremost one would have to be um the absolute identity crisis that comes with my job mm-hmm. i think it is so difficult to be able to differentiate between masumina wala the human the person and masumina wala the brand Mm. um because they're very they're two very very different entities right. and somewhere in in this uh you know race for growth and success you know you can really really affect your mental health if you're not able to differentiate and distinguish between the two so i think that was definitely a huge problem that i faced but i'm very happy to say that i've actually been able to overcome it i've been able to separate these two aspects of my life and the only reason it gets confusing is because you know we've been uh, as as we're growing up we've been told that your name is your identity mm. but and i've as i've be, now begun to tell myself that that is not true my name is actually not my identity it's it's me the person and it's me it's my persona that is my identity wow. uh i'm i'm actually just loaning my name to my business mm-hmm. and i don't need to be able to Uh, I don't need to let that negatively um, affect me. So you'll hear a lot of internet entrepreneurs, influencers, content creators talk about imposter syndrome, yes. and this is this is the base of uh, this is that's exactly what I'm talking about right now. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if this is not something that's dealt with, it becomes very hard for you to um, to have a bad day at work 
and and not bring that home with you right so somebody could be saying something to you on the internet which is very very harsh which is right. mean which is dishonest or mm-hmm. uh, you know could be honest at times yeah but if you haven't if you're not in a mind space to differentiate these two identities mm-hmm. you're going to think that that person is making a comment on you right whereas the person is actually making a comment on your work right and and as soon as you're able to make this uh differentiation mm-hmm. you'll understand that when it's about your work you're able to take criticism if i tell you you know sanita you're not doing your job well or, you know mm-hmm. like so you're at school and i i, mm-hmm. I tell you that uh you know you you should have worked harder on your yeah. uh, math test you know you'll be upset about it but you'll get over it right. versus if i were to pass a comment on a personality trait of yours right. it will stay with you for much much longer right. and i think uh, that's that's what i'm trying to say here yeah so you've really been able to differentiate i mean separate the two and that allows you to continue to do the work that you do with and also deal with criticism at the same time right um so i actually revealed dive right into instagram and i do want to spend a little bit of time on how you can grow uh, on instagram and how how to do it and what are some of your tips to do it so you uh, the growth for your brand i remember 2019 it was around the 200k follower mark right and from there now almost close to 1 million uh, and i'm sure by the time this interview airs it's going to be uh, a million what has been the key factors that has actually led to this growth in followers on instagram so you know um actually what i was just speaking about right now it has been a very very helpful factor in this growth i think as soon as you're able to look at yourself as a business mm-hmm. and not as a human you're able to make much better and more efficient decisions okay so when i need to create a piece of content that say um you know i masoom the person doesn't 100% resonate with but when i understand that masoom meenawala is also a business is an online brand that talks about fashion that right. talks about lifestyle how to elevate your lifestyle yeah. when i and i'm able to differentiate that i can i, I actually have a bird bird eye view mm-hmm. as to what my audience really wants to see yeah. and versus how i feel about it so i'm able to reach a much larger amount of people mm. um you know because as i feel like as humans we have so many likes and dislikes and opinions right. and perspectives mm. and i i i think not allowing that to get in the way of your business is very important you have to prioritize what your business's needs and wants are mm. you know uh, who is your client and what do they really want from you right. um another another important growth factor has been really looking into the data and analytics right. of my content and of mm-hmm. my audience um so you know for me i love content creation mm-hmm. but at the depth of it i'm an entrepreneur right. so i more than anything i love i love the business side of okay. being an influencer being a blogger content creator i love the strategy that goes behind it mm-hmm. i love seeing how my audience responds to a certain piece of content how they respond to another piece of content which is similar but posted at a different time i love kind of taking a deep dive into you know what goes behind this crazy world of social media and how you can get consumers to react with uh, you know just a slightly tweaked marketing strategy right. and um i think that infusion of this and then your basics of content creation infuse 
together uh, makes for, for a really good combination. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. Stay tuned as we take a quick break and we'll see you on the other side of the show. So I know like you create content literally every day. So uh, no, actually, I, you know, that's a complete misunderstanding. But a lot of people do think I create content every day. But I create content typically twice a week. Okay. And the rest of the day, yes, there is a lot of like natural and organic content that's going up on my Instagram stories. Mm-hmm. But frankly, that comes to me so naturally now that it's not really, uh, that, that's not really work. It's, it's, it's a way okay. of life. It's, it's basic hygiene that I do for my business. Okay. Um, so yeah. Uh, so I mean, but that that makes it hard on the listener who's never done this. It doesn't come organically to them. So what's like the prep work? If you can give us a behind the scenes, uh, when uh, it, it probably looks like yes, she's working on content every day. But like you said, you're doing it twice a day, uh, week. Uh, but it gets posted every day. What is the work, the behind the scenes that happens for you to be able to put out the amount of content that you do? Because you know it's a lot, and I guess at you have to do that. There's like no two ways about it. If you want to so, sustain it. Um, so, you know, Savita, I might disagree. The thing mm-hmm. is you actually only have to put out as much content as you want to put out. Mm-hmm. It's not necessary. Like some, I'm putting out about 10 to 12 pieces of content per week. Mm-hmm. But that's not like you can also put out six pieces of content per week. There are very, mm-hmm. very successful content creators who do that. Mm-hmm. And I'm posting almost double of that. So um, it really depends on what your category is, right. uh, you know, what type of content are you creating and how much do you enjoy it? And also how much does your business really need it? Mm, For me, that's... I'm also, yeah, yeah. So I think that's really important because you can always create lesser, a lesser number of content pieces, but right. just make it more impactful. Or you can, uh, once again, this also depends on what your goals are. Right. Um, right. So it, it all really it goes with that flow. For me, I'm also posting so much pre-used content. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm, I'm reposting old content because I've been creating content for 10 years now. So from these 10 to 12 pieces of content, almost four to five are just I'm just recreating. And I'm not even doing it, my team is doing it. Right. So there's a larger structure that that you know comes mm-hmm. into play. But yeah. to just to, to be able to simplify this. Mm. Uh, my team and I will work on a on a weekly content calendar the, the previous week okay. and we look at what we really want to push out mm-hmm. um, and how much of that content is already ready and how much needs to be created and how much is going to be used from our existing bank okay so um, it's actually not that complicated so as of now like while I'm speaking to you mm-hmm. I have content ready for the next 10 days already Okay. But say, for example, um, I'm in the mood to shoot today and I happen to create something that I'm absolutely in love with. And I'll tell my team, you know what, I love it. Can you please post it in the next two days? Because I think it's extremely relevant and, you know, mm. it's in the now, it's trending. Right. So we might even do that. But on a typical basis, uh, we're very, very organized in terms of how we work. Calendars are formed way in advance. Um, so for, for, for a content creator that's, that's starting out, I would recommend posting once a day is definitely incredible mm-hmm. um number two you have to make sure you use all the mediums of the platform right. that you're using right. so if you're using instagram you have to ensure you're using instagram posts instagram video 
IGTV, Instagram Reels, Instagram Carousel Posts, Instagram Stories. And you have to use this in a very um, equally distributed proportion. Um, And that's what the platform loves for you to do. So you kind of figure out how you can, you already have so many options, right? Mm. Instagram is actually making life easier for you because they're giving you so many formats. So pretty much if you're covering all these formats, it makes it much easier for you to plan your week. Um, Number three, I want to figure out a calendar thing. Okay, I want to do an image post on Monday. Mm. I want to do an Instagram video on Tuesday. I want to do a reel and some stories on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Then, uh, like, say, I want to do a Q&A and a reel on Wednesday. So Q&A on the stories right. and then reel on the feed. Um, then you can kind of figure out what parts you need to shoot, what parts you can use from your existing content. Because mm-hmm. your image could, say, be something that you wore at a wedding last year. Mm-hmm. But uh, you can actually just, in the caption, talk about how you can restyle this for something else, like okay. in the fashion space. Yeah. So I, I think once you once you're able to uh, format it and put a structure to content, because yeah. content might seem very creative and free flowing, mm-hmm. but I think more than anything in the world, it's the one thing that needs structure. Um, and once you nail that, it just makes the whole process much easier. Okay, awesome. Um, so there are a lot of um, very interesting points you make. Well, number one is you have to see if your business really needs that you need to be putting out that much content, right? Because all our businesses are different. And then I think that's key. And also having the structure. Uh, what do you have to say to someone who says, but Masum, you have this big team. So, you know, you're able to put, create this amount of content. What if I'm the only person? What would your answer be? Or what's your suggestion to a person who's solo, who doesn't have a team, but still needs to be creating a certain amount of content, maybe not as much as anyone else or you, but at least like a daily post. What no, absolutely, Shavita. So, you know, like I said, so if you plan out your week in advance, mm. say I want to post two Instagram videos this week, uh, two photos, two reels. So yeah. that's basically six pieces of content for the week. And then stories yeah. can be just organic and on the go. Mm. Uh, you know, and you can plan that in advance. That on a Tuesday, I'll do a Q&A. On a Thursday, I'll uh, play uh, Instagram like re- a story game with my audience. That yeah. can be organic. But if you're looking at two photos, two videos, two reels yeah. uh, for the next week, you you figure out what are the topics one what are the topics that you want to talk about yeah. um to your audience mm-hmm. uh, this you, when you're doing this you need to keep in mind that your audience really is your audience really interested in this mm-hmm. do they want to hear about these topics or not right. um two would be um actually fleshing out those content pieces mm-hmm. so if you have a topic that says uh, you know, how say your topic is how I create content consistent, how I've been creating content consistently for 10 years on Instagram. Right. I would actually work on the entire scripting mm. um, in advance. So I would make my five pointers. Mm-hmm. I would make the subtitles. I would write down what I want to say within the pointer so I have it ready. Right. And I would also plan what I'm going to be wearing while I'm shooting this. Uh, okay. A lot of detailing that goes in. Yeah, a lot of detailing that goes in. Mm. Um, so, so your entire, your, your content piece has been fleshed out. Right. So one is you, dis- so you have, let me just go over that. So one is you figure out how many pieces of content per week and what those, what that, what the type of those content pieces are. Mm-hmm. Second is you figure out what those content topics will be mm-hmm. and flesh those to- content topics out mm-hmm. in as much detail as you can. Yeah. number three is pick a day of the week where the light is good 
There's nothing in the world like good sunlight for your content mm-hmm. and shoot those pieces of content. Okay. So my my one of my most uh I think efficient piece of advice would be that try to shoot all your content on one day. Because you know when you're shooting there is a certain zone that you need to go into. Mm-hmm. You know there's you you need to be able to switch off from the world when you're creating that content because this requires a level of creativity and dedication. Right. And when you're very in tune with your WhatsApp, so if you have a call scheduled or if you have, you know, people who are trying to reach out to you, it's not, um, you're not in that zone that you really, really need to be in. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I know because I struggle with sometimes shooting because you're like doing so many takes, you're like doing all of that. So I get. Yeah, exactly. And the thing with shooting is, is that the more you do it, the easier it gets with time, yeah. right? So if you're, say, shooting three to four or five pieces of content in a day, mm-hmm. you have to understand that the first will be your hardest, mm-hmm. second will be slightly easier, and okay. then third onwards, it's going to be an absolute breeze. Or then first, <laughs> okay. sec- one, two, and three will be really easy. And then four, you might struggle because say, the lighting is not working, your outfit's not working in the camera, but then you're going to be like, you know what, I've come so far. Yeah. So I'm just going to push through and do it because you already have that sort of motivation in your system. So yeah. so going back to point number three is try to shoot all your content on one day mm-hmm. and you have everything ready with you, right? So from yeah. the previous day, you plan what you're wearing, you plan what you're saying, you have all your trips ready with you, you have all your outfits ironed. So everything is um, kind of planned and, and, and ready and in front of you. And yeah. I think number four would be uh, obviously the editing process, mm. which is of your content, whether it's images, videos, reels, whatever. And I think at the moment, Instagram specifically as a platform is really leveraging video content over image content. Mm-hmm. Even though you need yeah. more, video content is definitely given a lot of priority at the moment. Right. So, um, and that obviously involves a lot uh, more in terms of the editing kind of perspective. Mm-hmm. And I think at this point, I'd like to say that, you know, if you guys tuning in are from India, um, it's very important to uh, be aware of the fact that India has this incredible pool of talent, mm-hmm. which is very accessible at a nominal amount. Right. So when you're looking at editing your content, you can that's something that you can always lease out. That's something that you can always kind of, you know, hand over to someone else. And uh, the, the benefit of actually being in India is having the access to a service like this right. without absolutely without breaking the bank. Okay. So, um, you know, and of course, if you're looking at growing your Instagram, you're probably doing it for and with a purpose. Right. right. And, and I think when you're, when you're trying to grow a business, I think it's very important to be able to invest in your resources. And the first thing I would ask someone to invest in is the, is, is the editing part. It, the, an editor is the most, is, is the absolute backbone of content. So if you if you plan to take that up on yourself, which I know I did for a very long time, and I realized that so much of my time was actually being consumed into something that uh, you know I'd, I'd rather be focusing on something else because my expertise mm. doesn't lie in editing. Okay. So the fourth would be to obviously edit your content, and then the fifth would be is to plan your posting. So mm. plan your posting in a way where you know what timings you need to post at. Uh, there's tons of like scheduling apps which can you know help you. Uh, just getting on track with your timings and making sure your hashtags are correct and all of that. And right. I think if you follow these five pointers, you're you're pretty fat. You're pretty good. It actually should not be that complicated, and you don't need an, like a full fledged team 
to make oh. this happen. Oh my God, I cannot believe that all this time, and I never thought of outsourcing editing as well. Uh, I think that you've dropped some major value in here. I, I feel like I could continue conversation with you and I would still learn so much more just about Instagram. And actually you tapped into uh, this in point number five, how important is hashtags, captioning, and of course, commenting and engaging uh, with people online. So, you know, Sarita, there, there was a time um, in all our Instagram journeys where first hashtags were really important. Then uh, mm-hmm. there were all like these groups that were being made where, you know, you comment on my photo and I comment on yours. I can't remember what the platform was called. Um, then there, there's been tons of sort of fads that have come in with Instagram. Mm-hmm. But as someone that's been here from the very beginning, Mm-hmm. and has changed roles even in the whole Instagram ecosystem. Okay. I can, you know, I can vouch for one thing that nothing mm-hmm. is going to be more important than your connection with your community. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that is, uh, that has to be the core of this platform. And not even of the business, you could just be, you could just install, enjoy Instagram and do it for like personal purposes. Yeah. But that still needs to be the core of your community. If you're talking, if you're, if you're very passionate about math and you want to talk about math on Instagram, yeah. you have to be, you have to build that connection with your community for you to see any sort of growth, right? Hashtags yeah. will help you some on the explore page, but yeah. how are you going to retain that audience at a long-term period? So I think, I think from a technical perspective, yes, hashtags, captions, all of that is important, mm. but it's it's important to understand how can you leverage mm. these uh, sort of opportunities that say a social media platform is giving you and use these opportunities to create with your or to connect with your community. So say a caption, okay. right? I would use mm. my caption for nothing but to story tell, mm. to be able to share an opinion or perspective, to ask a question to my readers, to get them to converse back with me. How can I learn more about them? How can mm. I add value to their life? Is my caption adding value to their life? Is it making, am I spreading information? These are the kind of questions I would actually ask uh, myself, you know? So even if, even with the whole hashtag stuff, it's like I don't use hashtags anymore, but I know they're a great growth hack for if you're just starting off on Instagram. But when you're using hashtags, you don't need to use that many because at the end of the day, if you have quantitatively, uh, you know, having a community that doesn't connect with you qualitatively will have zero impact. So, um, Wow, that's a great quote. That's a great quote, yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, you have to just find maybe 10 hashtags Mm. that will help you find your target audience. Okay. Um, And just be as specific as you can. Okay. Awesome. Oh my God. I, I'm like going to be taking so many notes and applying this to my own Instagram. Uh, thank you so much for giving me that insight into hashtags. Because Sometimes you see a lot of things happening online and you feel like, okay, you know, I have to use hashtags and I have to use captions, but maybe then the content is actually not so great either. So maybe that's the work that, um, you know, content creators, business owners need to be doing. And so uh, my next question to you is actually with all of this that you've shared, what does a day in the life of Masum Minamano look like? Like an average day. If, if your day, a day in your life can be called average, that is. So what does it look like? So, you know, Savita, I'm asked this question very often and I never have an answer okay. because I actually live a very... Uh, 
how do I say it? my life dynamic. is very fluid very mm-hmm. dynamic and it's it's just ever changing and it's also because I spend so much time between Belgium and India yeah. that I'm really I never really get set into a routine okay. uh, because say for example when I'm in Belgium mm-hmm. I have different routines in different seasons it's all your life is pretty much weather dependent so you know it yeah. really changes like in the winter I spend so much time like literally at my home shooting indoors but when it's the summer I'm like always working from the park or a co-working space or I'm working with a community or a group of friends so it really really just depends but um on like a on a, on a more wholesome level I try to shoot two to three times a week in terms of content mm-hmm. one day is dedicated to uh strategy and one day is dedicated to business development if I manage to shoot only two like if I manage to shoot my week content in two days instead of three then I love to take my fifth day of the week off okay. which is like an absolute like guilty pleasure where I will I, I will be working but that's the day like I'm in bed you know Netflix is on in the background and I'm I'm really just letting like a creative flow right. kind of run through me Mm-hmm. Um, and I really enjoy that. I love taking weekends off. I love spending time with family and friends and mm-hmm. my husband. Um, you know, so yeah, just, yeah. I, I love to really like enjoy life and try new experiences. Okay, awesome. Uh, and finally, I have to ask this, right? Because you're heading to that magical number, the one million club soon. Uh, how and how are you like preparing for it? Is it going to be do you think it's going to be a completely new way of doing things? It's going to be a different kind of level up. Uh, what's the feeling like as you head closer to that number? You know, I I don't think I'm going to be looking at things differently. I'm going to I'm I'm very proud of myself. Mm-hmm. So when I hit that number, it's, it's definitely a milestone in my journey. But I mean, it's not it's not my destination, right? It's it's literally just my journey. There's so mm-hmm. much more to do. There's so much more to achieve. Um, but it's something that I'm very, very excited for. It's something that I'm going to definitely celebrate because I love celebrating my wins. I yeah. think it's such an important part of your life. And you know, you 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 owe that you owe that to yourself for the amount of hard work and determination and commitment that any job requires. When a win comes along the way, you yeah. owe it to yourself to celebrate it. So I definitely plan on celebrating it. But um, I, yeah, I think the next day I. You've got to be back to work um, and just continue. <laughs> okay. I hope you do take a few days off. Uh, just, you know, uh, like bask in that 1 million following. And then I, I I mean, I'm sure we'll have a conversation and we'll see what the, what the other side of 1 million looks like. But before I let yeah. you go, you've like given us so much value. Uh, what any words of advice to girl bosses out there, the women entrepreneurs out there, whether in India or from around the world? Don't let anyone distinguish you as an entrepreneur because you're a woman. Mm. Okay, wow. Um, that that's all I'm gonna say. You know, the opportunities are there. Your goals are there. Your drives and your determination is there. Nothing in the world can stop you. If if you've got your own back, nothing in the world can stop you. Okay, awesome. Um, thank you so much and uh, of course everybody knows how to find you everybody knows where to follow you and one thing that I have to say before uh, I actually let you go Masum is that I have noticed there's something that you do and you've always done it right like over the years you always respond to people who comment uh, on your posts Um, is that something that 
you've, um, I mean, I, what I, I want to ask you is that because you do that, um, do, you, do you enjoy connecting that way? And do you find that it's a lot sometimes? On some days, it gets like probably really busy. Um, like what's your approach to comments? Because I see a lot of influence, do, influencers don't comment, right? They don't respond back to your comment. How do you manage that with every single person who's commenting on all your posts? See, you know, there's um, a very common saying, which is you never forget where you come from. Mm. And that's truly that. I'm, I'm not here because of my videos and I'm not here because of my brands or clients. Mm. I'm here because of my audience and my community and the people who have either followed me 10 years ago, who have followed me last week, who have followed me yesterday. And without them, I would be nowhere. Um, my business is my community. And if I don't have the time or if I can't remove the time, to speak with them, then, um, you know, I would truly be making a grave, grave mistake. So I, I, it's hygiene. It's, it's, a, it's a very core of my business. Awesome. Um, I, think, I think that's something that I've seen in you. And uh, thank you for saying that. I think what you said is really powerful. And I feel like that's, that's really the essence of the work that you do. That's really the essence of being able to grow, whether on social media or as a person or uh, building your personal brand or an actual uh, brand. So uh, on that note, I'm, I don't want to let you go, but I'm going to let you go. Thank you so much for being so generous with your time. And um, you've been brilliant. The shares that you've done about how to grow on Instagram has been brilliant. I feel like I've learned so much. And um, I, uh, I wish you all the very best, not just to the 1 million, but to the many millions that's going to come. And I'm always going yes, to be yes, sharing yes, in yes. your phenomenal journey. So all the very best. And again, once again, thank you uh, for coming here and sharing this with my audience. Thank you for being the first guest on my podcast. It makes me really happy. So thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you so much, Savita. It was absolutely amazing to you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you like this episode and you want more, you can go to the show notes on my website, which is successwithsavita.com forward slash podcast. If you like what you've heard so far, I would be grateful to you if you could leave me a five-star review, subscribe to this podcast and share with a friend who may find this useful. You can also follow me on my Instagram at successwithsavita and DM me any questions you may have and I will be happy to answer them for you. Until the next episode, believe in yourself and all the best to your success.